Today, it's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, coming in hot on a Monday. It's Monday, March 13th. Had to look at the calendar there, folks. Uh, but that's the day. It's 5 p.m. You're tuned in on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. Uh, or you're listening to this uh, via podcast streaming or downloading it uh, at your leisure. Either way, thank you for joining us here. We've got another great episode for you this week. Uh, this one is Season 5, Episode 21, an episode we're calling The Makita, as in Stan Makita, the legendary Chicago Blackhawk who wore number 21 for his entire career, all of which was with the Chicago Blackhawks all 22 years. We'll get into a little bit of Makita talk, but first... Uh, oh, it's co-host Tom here uh, with uh, with you, as always. I'm joined uh, right now uh, by guest co-host Jared, who um, your guest spot is kind of, <laughs> you must be uh, working in the grooves on your chair there. You're, uh, you're, you've been, this is, I don't know, like week five in a row you've been filling in or something. So uh, maybe we'll just, yeah. it, we, inter- we- we'll call it, we'll remove the label guest co-host and we'll call you interim co-host jared uh, and how are you doing today sir i'm doing good i'm doing good uh not gonna lie a little sore uh, yeah a lot of hockey this weekend eh? a lot of a lot of hockey this weekend uh but uh not complaining because yeah. uh the season the seasons are coming to an end and uh i'll be complaining when i don't have lots of hockey to play on the weekends <laughs> that's so right. so so there yeah. you go yeah you can't win no. uh but We'll get into last uh, this past Saturday's hockey highlights, of course. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we're not talking about the big leagues here. We're talking about the Garage League. Uh, the uh, GLH final was held this past weekend. Uh, so the season has wrapped up on the inaugural season of the uh, the GLH. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk some GLH as we are the uh, league's official media outlet uh i i think it's safe to say <laughs> nobody <laughs> that, else that talking about this uh, you, know, uh, you never maybe know maybe winnipeg sports talk i think i heard hustler and uh, uh remo there uh remus mm. uh talking about it but uh no um and of course uh you know uh peter mansbridge big fan of the show <laughs> likely is into glh as well so um but you know what? We'll get to that, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll get to much more hockey talk on today's program. But I think we should probably start off with our uh, episode namesake here, number twenty-one, Stan Makita. Um, Jared, when you think of Makita, what's the first thing you think of? That hair. Yeah. <laughs> always, always the hair. Like just 
it was it was always very very crisp very very <laughs> tight looked like it was was lacquered down yeah not nothing was nothing was moving on uh on uh that head of hair yeah not a hair out of place and it was probably so lacquered down that it had like it it was like his helmet you know (laughs) yeah well and uh, it's so it's interesting that you do mention mention the helmet uh but you know we'll we'll get we'll get to that in a minute um So Stan Mikita uh, was a Slovak-born uh, player, but grew up in Canada. Nineteen is kind of notable. Um, I believe he won his only cup that year, but he was the first Slovak-born player to have his uh, name engraved on Lord Stanley. Um, yeah, his uh, his family moved uh, to Canada. Um, St. Catharines, I believe, Saint, is Saint where Catherine's, he sort of grew yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. The town he was born in, the village, I should say, the farming community, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't exist anymore in Slovakia. At that time, it was Czechoslovakia, of course. But in 1975, they, uh, you know, flooded an area for a reservoir for mm-hmm. a larger town. And uh, that farming village uh, is no more. But yeah, Stan. Um, yeah, he came over to Canada kind of as a uh, well, a toddler, I believe. Yeah, so so he was actually uh, adopted by his aunt and uncle, who yeah. had originally immigrated to Canada from Slovakia uh, in the uh, late 1920s, and the family had come back to Slovakia to visit the uh, the the relatives and uh when they came back uh they brought uh an eight-year-old stan with them uh because uh at the time makita's parents believed that there was probably a better future for him in canada than in communist czechoslovakia Um, well they probably thought right due to the fact that he became a professional hockey player a guy who uh you know he's in the hockey hall of fame he He did he won a stanley cup in one of he was about 20 or so the year mm-hmm. that the Hawks won the Stanley Cup. Crazy though, he played 22 years. He's only had that one cup. One cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Montreal was busy winning all the cups at that time. Uh, you know, Toronto won a couple, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boston maybe won a couple. And uh, but uh, he was an eight-time All Star, a four-time four-time Art Ross Trophy winner for leading scorer in the league, two-time Hart winner, two-time Lady Bing winger winner. And he is named as one of the uh, NHL 100 best players. Um, his career, get this, his his pro hockey career spanned four decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he started in uh, 58. The late 50s. So there's a decade, you can say. The 60s, mm-hmm. he played all through. 70s, he played all through. And he retired at age 39 in 1980. Wow. Uh so that's pretty wild. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny that, you know, mentioned him playing in 1980. We were kind of inspired to, uh, I mean, Makita is a pretty legendary number 21, but we were also kind of inspired to do Makita because of a, a post on Instagram that we saw this morning uh, by a friend of the show, former guest, uh, Jesse McAllister, a.k.a. 90s Hockey Cards on Instagram. And he had a post featuring 
a bunch of guys, you know, from the sixties kind of thing that you think of as like old time hockey players mm-hmm. who actually played in the eighties. And uh, Makita was one of them. Uh, Bobby Hall, another Gordy Howe, another Paul Henderson, um, Jerry Cheevers. Mm, there were others. <laughs> uh, one of the Mahavalich brothers. Yeah, bo- both. Uh, both Mahavalich brothers. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so it's kind of interesting, uh, Stan Mikita, uh, in his early years, he had a bit of a temper and, uh, yeah, he was was, feisty. Yeah. He was amongst the most penalized, uh, players in the league, but, uh, decided to play, uh, uh, or to, to clean up his game. And like you said, he went on to win the lady Bing, uh, for, uh, sportsmanlike conduct, uh, two years in a row. One of the years that he won it, he, had 12 penalty minutes the other year he had 14. 14. so apparently uh the story goes the reason why he uh decided to uh to clean things up is he came home from a road trip and his wife told him that their young daughter had been watching them on tv and kept uh asking uh why does daddy spend so much time <laughs> sitting sitting down and yeah. uh, and the camera, I guess, had just shown Makita in, in the, the penalty, in the penalty yeah. box again. Um, so you know he uh, he he cleaned it up. It's so, uh, a couple ahead. of the numbers there related to that. So in sixty three sixty four, Makita led the league in scoring with eighty nine points in seventy games. He had yeah. one hundred and forty six penalty minutes. The following season, sixty four, sixty five, he again led the league in scoring with eighty seven points in seventy games, mm-hmm. and he had one hundred and fifty four penalty minutes. That was his career high penalty minutes. And then it must have been that you know season or that the following season, whatever. He's twenty five years old, and he he cut those pims down by. The- to you know, twelve thirds, yeah. He went. No, he went, the, he went from one fifty four to fifty eight, and then he went to twelve, and then he went yeah. to fourteen. Yeah, like yeah. it showed a restraint the, there, Stanley. That's uh, that's yeah, good yeah. work. That's like me, honestly. Like I, <laughs> well, I don't want to compare myself <laughs> in, in to so Stan Mikita here, but I put I just finished like you know gradually as we mentioned is yeah. is done for the season. That is the cleanest season of hockey I've ever played, pretty much. I had one penalty. I think it was like a hook or a trip or yep. something silly like that. That was it. Yeah. Um I only the, took I only took one penalty this year as well. And I think nice. it was uh it's kind of a, a a lazy trip on my part. Yeah. That'll yeah. happen. That'll it, happen. It, it, it does. Uh um, so sixty seven, sixty eight, you mentioned he led the league in scoring. Yeah. Uh it was the last year that a Chicago player won the scoring title until Patty Kane scored 106 points in 2015-2016. Oh, so wow. a bit of a bit of a drought. I mean, he is he's kind of obviously uh linked with uh Bobby Hall because the two of them were teammates for so many years and yeah, they were, were uh they were a high fly in line in the NHL for a lot yeah. of years. Yeah, so there's a there's a a couple of statues outside of the United Center. Uh, and, uh, one of them is Stan Makita. So I wonder, I'd like to see that statue. If, if the, if they got oh, the, the hair, hair right. the hair has got to be, it's like just, it, just got to be beautiful. Uh, a couple of other things, uh, that I thought, uh, were notable. Uh, he's credited as being one of the first players, 
in the NHL alongside Bobby Hall uh, to start curving uh, the stick blade. And so um, there was no limit on blade curvature up until the NHL made a rule in 1970. Uh, And, you know, like, you hear about how Bobby Hall was renowned for his slap shot. And so working with a uh, unregulated curved stick blade, you could only imagine how those maskless goalies just absolutely loved that. But he, uh, he reportedly uh, was at practice and he got his flat stick blade caught in a bench door, That's which sick. caused it to bend. And then and- he's, he loved yeah. the feel of it. And so he started doing it uh, the old fashioned way with the propane torch, which I think that in this day and age of the, the composite stick, you can't curve those. Can you? I don't. I don't. So I remember, I, I, I remember back in the day. Did it, you ever used to do that with oh, your yeah. sticks? Oh yeah. I had, I had a, I had a, I propane. never did. I was just like, well, this is the curve it came with. That's what I'll do. Oh yeah. So I, I would employ a couple of methods. Uh, I would uh, turn on turn on the element on the sh- on the stove <laughs> at home and heat her up. Uh, but more conventionally, uh, would uh, I had a propane torch in my bag and then like some vice grips on the workbench or something, and you kind of yeah, or you just you just kind of bend you, it or yeah, you, okay, yeah, put on I a, imagine put on in a the mitt. trial and error of doing that because oh, yeah, like if Makita was it. one of the first guys to do it. With the propane torch, you probably uh, set a few sticks on fire, <laughs> wouldn't you? I mean, I would say, I, yeah. I would say. Uh, and then the other thing I was going to say is that he's also one of the first players who went to wearing a helmet full time. Yeah, I was in I was, the 60s. I was going to bring that little fact up because, um, you know, as we're talking, he's so. Um, the like, hair, it's the, iconic. The hair is such a like a, a standard thing you picture with Stan Makita. Yeah, and then yeah, he wore he started wearing a bucket in 1967 because uh, he lost. He played. A piece he's of playing his a ear. game and a slap shot or a re whatever a puck took <laughs> took a piece of his ear off. They stitched it back on, folks. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. but Jesus. man, he probably didn't miss a shift. No, no, he didn't. Picked up a chunk of that chunk of that ear and yeah. then just got her stitched up, probably right yeah. on the bench. Um, like when you look at his games played of his career, because in those days, I think seventy games was a full season. Then they kind of, you know, crept it up to seventy six or whatever, seventy four. Mm-hmm. Um, like he did not miss games and later in his career, he started, you know, I guess probably age and injuries catch up to you as they do. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he missed some time then, but like he was a very, uh, durable player through mm-hmm. his career. Like mm-hmm. he did not miss a lot of time and, uh, yeah, so he's, he's, um, you know, there was at one point of, uh, you know, when he retired in 1980, only Gordie Howe and Phil Esposito had scored more points in the NHL than him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he was a longtime NHL leader in points and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, games played and all of that mm-hmm. um, until, you know, uh, 
certain guys named Gretzky and Lemieux and uh, others uh, came along. Um, I've heard of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, going to just bring up the NHL all-time scoring leaders list here and tell you where he where he sits now on that yeah. list. Uh, Interestingly enough, sure. uh, never scored 50 goals. His highest highest total was uh, was 40 and 67, 68. Uh, and then uh, kind of uh, kind of an interesting detour after he retired in, uh, as you mentioned, in in 80, he became a golf pro. Interesting. Uh, yeah. At the at the Kemper Lakes Golf Club. Not really sure where that is. But then he also became kind of a. Um, a uh, a bit of a businessman uh, owned uh, Stan Makita Enterprises, and one of the things that they were uh, first uh, uh, made some money on was they made the uh, plastic sauce containers that you get at McDonald's with your chicken nuggets. Weird, yeah. And uh, he, owned, you know what? He owned... One of my favorite Stan Makita facts is, and um, it's kind of like, like so I, you know, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Stan Makita was my dad's favorite player. Like, you know, like he had, my dad had an old, a raggedy old Blackhawks jersey. Oh yeah. Nice. And he was a Stan Makita guy. Like, and those, those gloves that go up to your elbow, like the old leather crazy yep. gloves. I mean, my dad didn't have like the Makita gloves, but like, they just like when you, you know, the, that picture, the same kind of gloves, those old timey seventies gloves, whatever. Yep. And, um, uh, but one of my favorite sort of so I was aware of Makita, but then mm-hmm. like when I was in grade six, the year is nineteen, you know ninety two. Maybe I was in grade five. I don't know something like that. Uh, a little motion picture <laughs> named Wayne's World was released, <laughs> and in in Wayne's World, you know they hang out at the donut at the coffee shop at the donut yeah. shop, and it's called. Makita's Stan yeah. Makita's yeah. A, a little nod to obviously Tim Hortons, Tim on Hortons that one, right, right? Yeah. so um and I believe Makita has a small cameo in that he does um, he does yeah. and apparently uh there was a real Stan Makita donut shop in the Oshawa Ontario area huh. uh in the in the uh early early 80s so interesting uh, there were a couple that opened post Wayne's World at uh, a couple of different uh, amusement parks in the U.S., but apparently there was a legit Makita donut shop. Yeah, it was great. I love. I I mean, I was just talking about Wayne's World with uh, with my daughter. It was. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's maybe my favorite movie of all time. Oh wow. Oh wow! It's up there. I didn't know you were going that far. Top three, anyway, for sure. It was definitely something that I I was a big SNL guy, and I watched the Wayne's World movie quite a few times when it came out. I just love the fact that they weren't they playing street hockey in the Makina Donuts parking lot. <laughs> uh, it might have been on the <clears throat> or uh, was it on just the on their street? But they had yeah. like Blackhawks jerseys, oh, yeah. probably a Makita, you know, whatever. And. Uh... Yeah, no, it's such a great movie, and like the soundtrack really got me into, oh, yeah. you know, music as well. Little Gary um, Wright, Dreamweaver, should have yeah. played, should have played that on the show. <laughs> yeah, we've got some tunes coming up for you on the show, as we always do. Uh, our theme this week is kind of just like new releases, I guess. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> um. So. Yeah. Uh. 
I guess with Makita, let's give a little quick rundown of the stats. We haven't done that yet. Um, and oh, I, I I did bring up that list. Makita is sev- is currently seventeenth all time on the NHL, you know, all time scoring uh, list or whatever. Uh, just ahead of Timu Solani and uh, a certain Alex Ovechkin just passed Makita this season, like very recently. Um, so Makita, 22 years in the NHL, all of them with Chicago, 1,396 games played, 541 goals, 926 assists for 1,467 career points. He had 1,264 career penalty minutes. There you go, Stan. Let him know you're there. And, um, yeah, that's uh, – so uh, the other rundown, yeah, I, I think I already said it. He's a four-time Art Ross Trophy winner, two-time Hart winner. Won the Stanley Cup uh, with Chicago in – what year did you say that was? That was uh, – 61. Yeah. So he was 20 years old, um, mm-hmm. second year in the NHL, and uh, he's a champ. Probably thinking, hey, it's easy. We could do this every year. And then he goes 20 more years and uh, did, not, never did taste, not win again. It never touches Stanley again. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, his number was the first retired by the Blackhawks on October 19th, 1980, uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 83 inducted yeah. into the Slovak hockey hall of fame in 2002. What were and... they waiting for? I don't know. Maybe they were just waiting to have a hall of fame. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the ice rink in Ruzum Slovakia is, uh, is named after him. The, the Makita ice palace. I nice. can only assume it's called the Makita ice palace, but <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just uh, called Makita's with a nod, a nod to uh, Wayne's World as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Who knows? Hard to say. Hard to say. Um, yeah, Stan Makita. He's a beauty. Uh, a real beauty. There's a fantastic picture of him that when you know you hit Google image search, it's pretty much one of the first ones to come up. Oh, and I did look at the picture of the statue outside United Center. Yeah. And how does the hair look? It looks good. Like I think they could have got it more greasy looking, you know, like more, <laughs> uh, more lacquered. Um, okay. but it, it looks good. And, uh, he's got a real like determined fierce look on his face, which I think that's how he played the game. Right. He was intense yeah. uh, on the ice, I think. So anyway, uh, Stan Makita, what a legend and, uh, number 21. So we're going to, we're going to take a pause here, throw to a song. Jared, should we play the Andy Schaff song first? Sure. Yeah, we'll play, tell, we'll tell us a little bit Andy about Schaff. this pick that you're gonna uh, that you chose that you're gonna spin. Yeah, so uh, Andy Schaff, a uh, real great uh, singer songwriter uh, guy from uh, Regina. I believe he's from Regina, Saskatchewan. That's right. Yeah, home yeah. of Ryan Getzlaff and there you Jordan go. Eberle and uh, and Andy Schaff and Andy Schaff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's coming to town. Uh, on Friday, St. Patrick's Day, uh, he's playing at the Burton Cummings Theater. I believe there are uh, tickets maybe still available. It's a Winnipeg Folk Festival show. He has a great new record out. It is called Norm. I don't know why, but uh, maybe, maybe a tribute a- to Norm Macdonald. 
May, or could be Norm McDonald. I've I also thought maybe he's a big Cheers fan. I oh, don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I really like this song. It's called Halloween Store. Uh, it is loosely about uh, going to one of those pop-up Halloween stores, those spirit Halloween type places yeah. that, uh, so... to get to get a uh, costume and uh, all sorts of hijinks ensue. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's got a way with words, this Andy. He Schaff. does. He's, he yeah, does. he does. He's great. And uh, that, so I saw a, uh, a meme, if you will, about, mm-hmm. uh, the recent local news that true North sports and entertainment, the company that owns the Winnipeg jets, mm-hmm. uh, they're making a pitch to buy Portage place mall downtown, and, which and is. Gonna turn uh, long... it into a great big spirit Halloween. Well, the the meme was like, "Oh, it's a spirit of Halloween store." <laughs> the whole thing, anyway. Uh, uh, it's about right. Yeah. So here is Halloween Store by Andy Schaff on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show.
All right, that was Andy Schaff with his tune Halloween Store here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. You're listening uh, to us on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, since we're in Winnipeg, we're a Winnipeg-based show, uh, we like to talk about our hometown Jets a little bit. And uh, you know what, Jared? This past weekend, so we're recording this on Sunday. Let's be upfront with the folks here on the who are listening and tuned in. We're recording this Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Jets uh, little trip through Florida this past weekend, and um, they pulled out an overtime win uh, on Saturday night against Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers. And uh, we don't know what happened Sunday night yet because uh, we're recording before the Sunday game against Tampa. So insert score here. Now, the Saturday night game. What a game that was. Um, the Jets, you know what? They lost two in a row to San Jose and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know what? They played pretty darn good in both of those losses. Hellebuck was let's call uh call it like it is. Hellebuck was no good. He was bad. He stunk. Um and it feels it feels rotten for me to say that, but you know, because he's without a doubt in my mind, the team MVP, but he has not been good. And um, you, while you were at that game against Minnesota, I was at the game against Minnesota and you know what the jets with uh, Logan's Logan dangles, Stanley um, scored uh, to get the jets on the board and cut the wild half uh, lead in half uh, made it two one for the wild. The momentum was all the going for the jets. The fans were, and, you know, it was building up like 30 seconds or a minute later or whatever it was. Uh, the Wild get a, a chance. They rush down the ice. It's like a wrist shot from way far out Go and, and beats Hellebuck five hole. A shot that he absolutely Should needs to had. make that save. Yeah. And that just took all of the air out of uh, Bell MTS Canada Life Center, whatever it's called. And uh, the hangar, let's call it the hangar, right? Isn't that what they call it? Yeah. The, the Jets. Now, do you think Hellebuck, Hellebuck is, I mean, he's played a lot. Riddich has obviously gotten his games in, but Hellebuck mm-hmm. has played a lot. And when he has played, he's seen a lot of shots. Do you think that maybe what's going on is is some fatigue? Because he's he be. has he has let in some pretty soft goals over this yeah. last well and then bad so stretch before i answer your question i w- so we'll just kind of the game on saturday night against florida the jets win 5-4 in overtime they coughed up two separate two goal leads mm-hmm. um and then florida tied it in the third at four jets held on mm-hmm. they get the win in overtime and you know what for letting in four goals mm-hmm. and his numbers were not i mean like he he saw a lot of shots again on Saturday mm-hmm. night, but mm-hmm. he did make, he made some big saves kind of when he had to, to mm-hmm. help the jets get that win. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like he wasn't spectacular. I don't think uh, no. like, you know, and so, so maybe fatigue is an issue, but you know, he, he's now he's on record saying he would play like every game if he could. Right. And he has played, I think, 
the most out of any goalie since like basically 2017 or something like that. He's seen the most shots, the most minutes, you know, most games played, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's some goalies, I think a Martin Brodeur, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as a guy like this, that like Brodeur used to play like 76 games a year, you know, <laughs> and um, goalies just don't do that anymore, you know, no. in the NHL. And so uh, Hellebuck is a bit of an anomaly in that in that way, in that he, you know, he plays way more than any other goaltender. And look, we'll know by the time this show is out, but tonight against Tampa, he you might would, start. You would think he'd get the nod. So uh, it's a back to back. Usually, you know, you split the games between your goaltenders. But the if Jets that was the need case, the two points in a bad way, you would have thought that they would have started Riddich against Florida. I think that uh, they are in like we need all the points we can get mode, and yeah. you got to you got to go with your big guy. So after uh, after the Saturday night game against Florida, uh, that was his fiftieth start of the year. Uh, currently has a record of 28, 20, and two goals against of 2.65 and uh, 1,456 saves on the year. He's faced 1,586 shots. That's got to be up there uh, like league lead. A lot of shots, uh, 0.918 save percentage. Only Gibson has seen more shots than Hellebuck. Yeah, so and, he's uh, like he's, you know, he's facing a lot of rubber. And again, since since uh, the calendar turned uh, January, I think that one of the sort of um, hallmarks of the Jets' decline has been uh, the play of the the defensive core. Um, yeah. And, you know, like it hasn't been as sharp and uh, has not been as sharp. And now, you know, Josh Morrissey got hurt against yeah. Florida, uh, could be out for a week, could be out for a couple yeah, weeks. At this point, we don't know. We don't even no. know if he's playing tonight in Tampa again. By the time you hear this, yeah, uh, you will know, um, you know, like, I guess with Hellebuck, um, you 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 know what you know what you're gonna get like mm-hmm. and that is generally you're gonna get quality minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So up until the All Star game, I would say he was very much in the conversation for the Vesna. But oh, yeah. I think at this point, Linus Allmark or whatever his name is wow. on Boston, he has just run away with it, and it's almost a no brainer at, at this point that Allmark yeah. would win the Vesna. He's put together an incredible season. The Bruins have put together an incredible season. Wow. They, they Saturday, just won. Saturday night, they won their 50th game of the year. Yeah, Saturday afternoon. Or Saturday afternoon against. The matinee game against, against the Detroit. <laughs> and I, they, it was a come from behind victory at home. The Bruins have been unbelievable at home. I think yeah. they've only lost like a couple of games at home. One they or cl- two. They, they were the first team to clinch a playoff spot this year. And they've only somehow they are still single digit losses they've lost 9 games in regulation that is insane yeah 9 it games it is insane and yeah they're the fastest team in nhl history to, to 50, 50 wins and they did it in what 64 games yes um yeah, so 64 pretty games. impressive yeah. you know you can look back at the greatest all time teams you got to think of what was it the 676 
77 Montreal Canadiens before my time, but I'm aware of hockey history, folks. Yeah. Um, Some of you those know, Oilers, and then you can look Oiler at the teams. 80, what, 86 Oilers or somewhere in around yeah. there. No, not yeah. 86. They not didn't 86. Win the cup in 86. They didn't win the cup. 84, maybe, yeah. let's say, something like that. So, um, it's, you know, and the, the this year's Bruins, they've got to be up there. Yeah. Well, and, and so Winnipeg, uh, has a, and I was reading some stuff in the paper this week that, uh, the home cooking has not been doing them any favors, uh, as of late. And so maybe going on the road is kind of what, Just this, what they team, need. this team needs. And so they've got, they have, uh, the back-to-back uh, against Florida, as we mentioned, and then, uh, tomorrow they are in Carolina, play a tough team. And then they've got those Boston Bruins this week on Thursday. Yeah. It's a big matchup to it's cap re- out the four game roadie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they've got Nashville. Uh, Their which... schedule is not easy coming up. No, like there's, and you know what I mean? Like in the NHL, there's no gimme games. No. And we've seen that the jets have lost to teams like Columbus and San Jose, San Jose, San Jose. And yeah, you know, um, but you know, that said, the this teams. is a tough stretch of games coming up for the Jets and a very important stretch of games because you look at the teams chasing them in the uh, Western Conference, Nashville and Calgary kind of hot on their tails. Yeah. And uh, Calgary's schedule by relative comparison is is a little bit quite softer, a, quite a bit lighter. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so Calgary uh, and Nashville are currently six points back of Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg currently sitting in the second wild card spot, three points back of the Oilers. But in the Western Conference, in the Central Division, uh, they're only one point back of Colorado, mm. six points back of the Wild, eight points back of the Stars. So those top Colorado two teams... does have a couple of games in hand, I believe. Um, yeah. But you know yeah. what? They've been kind of like hot and cold, Colorado. You never like, I feel like they can beat anybody in the league on any given night, but they've just been inconsistent lately. Mm-hmm. But let's just change gears slightly. Okay. The Nashville Predators, they were kind of like sellers at the deadline. Yeah. You know, Nino Niederreiter, now a Winnipeg Jet. Granlund mm-hmm. went to uh, Pittsburgh. Who, yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Um, uh, Tanner. What was his? Jeanette, he went Jeanette. to Tampa, you know, like they, they moved out a bunch of guys, a bunch of pieces. Yeah. Um, and David Poyle just announced he's retiring and, uh, guess who's taking over big bear Dolphin Manitoba's Barry trots. Yeah. Trots well, watch is off the, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the beer in Winnipeg couldn't get him to come here, yeah. but you know what? He must've just had a line on with david poyle you know well you you know know. hindsight being 2020 now you realize maybe what was going on there why this was his whole this was his kind of next move all along yeah really and nashville uh has three games in hand on everybody in that division so they are six points back of of winnipeg but also have three games in hand and they've been kind of hot like they've You know, they've been uh, winning some games, so it'll be interesting down the stretch. You know, Nashville does have a negative goal differential. They, they, they've kind of struggled to score goals this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see how long this little hot streak of theirs can last. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, 
they're uh, a solid team. You know, they're tight. They keep things tight defensively. They got good goaltending and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it'll it's... be really interesting down the stretch. I think if we uh, kind of flip over to the Eastern Conference, there's some real um, a real battle for the wild card there. Like Ottawa has been surging, although, you know, they lost this weekend to, to Vancouver on Saturday, a yeah. game that I think, you know, if they wanted to really keep in the race, they needed to have that win, and they mm-hmm. didn't because now ahead of them is is Washington and Florida, ch- and they're chasing the Islanders and Penguins. Um, Who are currently the... tied. New York, New York, um, you know, New York actually, I think, has improved since picking up Bo Horvat. I don't know what Pittsburgh is really doing. They don't, yeah, they don't look team. great. You know, I mean, every time I've seen them, not bad. Yesterday, I watched a bit of the uh, Saturday. I should say, I watched a bit of the game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were playing the Flyers, and they they stomped them five one. They had the backup Casey DeSmith in. Here's my take on the Penguins: They've not had the goaltending this year to make no. them relevant. Um, Tristan th- Jerry's been hurt a few times and has missed a lot of games. Casey DeSmith has taken a bit of a step backwards or he's not stepped up enough, I guess, if you, if you want to put it that way. And yeah, just Pittsburgh, you know, like they're a good team. They're decent, but Mm -hmm. defensively and goaltending a little suspect. Well, and I think that that was what everybody was kind of saying going into the season, right? Was Mm -hmm. that Pittsburgh had question marks in that. Jari's good. Jari's also he got, a, got a, a bit of an injury history. Uh, and uh, the the defense core in Pittsburgh is not is not great. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you did what? mention uh, Philadelphia. Big changes there this week. Uh, That's right. Yeah, they, they fired uh, fired Fletch, Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, and they the brought in former former Philadelphia Flyer, the little man, uh, Daniel um, Briere. Yeah, Daniel Briere. Um, you know, I think of him as a Flyer when you look back on his career. He, he only with, played six seasons there. Yeah, he was. He played uh, Buffalo a lot. Buffalo. He ended his career in Montreal. Yeah, I don't remember where else he played, but um, Did, Phoenix. Oh, probably everybody. Everybody stops in Phoenix, or, right? or did he just get <laughs> traded to to Phoenix and <laughs> this uh, contract or whatever? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're still um, paying him right now. <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Briere can. Well, a because right now he's the interim general manager, yeah. but you know that said, I I have a feeling they'll make him the full on. Oh, yeah. Manager. Um, he's, he, you know, he's been getting groomed for that. He was yeah. actually he's originally drafted by Phoenix. So he played oh. his first first five years were with Phoenix and he got traded to Buffalo, traded to Philly. And then uh, in 2013-14, uh, he played for Montreal and actually ended his career with uh, the Avalanche in 2014-2015. Huh. Yeah. I don't remember that. I remember him going to Montreal, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't play a lot because I think he had some injuries and whatnot. And, sure. Um, but uh uh yeah we've got to throw to a song we're out of time yes so let's let's go with um uh well which song do we want to put both the remaining songs <laughs> new releases have swear words in how we have to introduce them so yeah uh yeah. viewer discretion is advised let's go with the band can i say their band name 
You might as well. We'll just say effed up. Yeah. It's an effed up situation that we can't say the band name, but, you know, (laughs) got to stay on the right side of the CRTC. That's right. So this is a band from Toronto, Legends in Their Own Right. Mm -hmm. This is a new song off. Well, it's a song off their new album. It's called Cicada. Yeah. And it's uh, Damien, the sort of uh, more screamy of the vocalists. I don't think he sings on this one. It's it's mostly Mike, Mike, I believe. Yes. So uh, anyway, it's a great song. I really like it. The lyrics, uh, you know, they're they're pretty deep and emotional uh, mm-hmm. and they uh, hit home. So anyway, let's have a listen to Cicada by Effed Up here on Talking Hockey, the hockey talking show.
All right, that was effed up in their tune Cicada off their uh, new album, which came out in January. It's called One Day. And yes. you know why I like that song? Is it, I like Damien Abraham. I think he's a great vocalist. I like this dude's voice. He, oh, he, me too. Yeah. He reminds me of uh, of Bob Mould, uh, yeah. who's uh, lead singer of my favorite band of all time, Husker Du. So. Uh, off uh, effed up's uh, previous album, uh which is called dose or something. There's a song called normal people, which I mm-hmm. love. I think it's a fantastic song and it's a, it's a Mike song as well. Hmm. Um, but he's a great songwriter. Anyway, we gotta, we gotta get cut to the chase here. We gotta open up the uh, wound r- and get to the raw emotions of last <laughs> night's, uh, sorry, Saturday night's garage league of hockey final. Yeah. Your team, the Sweet Tarts Hockey Club, mm-hmm. you came out on the short end of the stick. You lost 2-1 in overtime to failed skates who skate away with the championship trophy mm-hmm. uh, in the inaugural season of Garage League of Hockey. And uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, be beyond how much does it sting right now? Well, you, okay. are you are you wallowing? You know what? Maybe a little, a little, l- little yeah. bit, but you know yeah. what? Like it was, I, I gotta say, uh, it was the whole season this year was everything that I hoped for when this whole league was put together. It was a, just a really, really great group of, uh, folks out there playing and everybody was, was very, um, you know, very cognizant on, on the ice, you know, mm stick would get up here and there or a guy would bump into you. And it was always like turn and check and like, Hey, you okay. Are you good? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Right. Lots and of yet sportsmanship. The, yet it was like one, a, a super competitive league. Like it was oh, yeah. and pretty quick and good, good hockey yeah. for, yeah. for a bunch of old dudes. I thought. Um, yeah, definitely. So last Saturday we, we kind of, uh, we, we, uh, we had won our first playoff game, and so we kind of controlled uh, our destiny. If we had beaten the failed skates last weekend, then we would have been in the position where we just needed the one one win. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, we lost, so that meant that we had to play this week on Thursday against the Granny Sweets, uh, yeah. uh, rivals of, of your squad there, the, <laughs> the, the, the Tempos. Yeah. And so... It was a hard fought game Thursday night. Uh, we won that one in overtime, three two, and then had. And to then you got to turn it around back, and do it again on Saturday and play on Saturday. And yeah. so uh, it was uh, it was a great back and forth uh, affair. Uh, both teams uh, scored in the first period, and then uh, yeah, it was both... two quick goals. You guys traded goals, like you guys got on the board first, and then it was not long after they were able to tie it up. Yeah, and then and it then, stayed deadlocked at one until and, the the overtime period, where a very kind of weird flip pass, the defenseman went and pinched a guy off over on one side, and all of a sudden the puck lands right in the middle of the ice, and there's Twirly Mustache number three, <laughs> whose name I don't know. My apologies. Yeah, he's just he waltzes right in, and he's got some silky mitts, and he goes yeah. shimmy shimmy backhand 
Yeah. Uh, right past an outstretched Max Power, the goaltender, um, yeah. who and played both, a brilliant game, honestly. Like both goaltenders so, played really, really well. Yeah, Fletch last made night. some saves when he had to. I think you know from watching the game, I can say they probably had more shots you know like i don't know what the shot total was but let's call it like 30 to 20 or something Mm -hmm. like that you know and um you know but it it was it was it was a tight game you know neither team wanted to give up much so it wasn't as uh open and and back and forth as maybe some uh, no. rec league games can can be it was it was tight you know it was uh, yeah. well it was a 2-1 overtime uh game so yeah um, well and and so like this year we played we played a lot of games that were one goal games um mm-hmm. you know uh it's and it's it's interesting too the league format overtime we play three on three and so all of a sudden there's that much more room out there on the ice yeah. and and it's just it's a totally different mentality when you're playing 3 on 3 right it's like you you kind well, of yeah it's it, it's a little more freewheeling and you you take you take some chances that you probably normally wouldn't have take taken yeah, when you're there's playing just a little more five, ice to kind of go more ice and that's where i think like that uh that flip pa- flip pass and what i did notice was uh and so uh the failed skates did finish fourth overall in the regular season and then they came on like a house on fire in the playoffs yeah. and they at least in the two games that we played against them all of a sudden they had this kind of this system that they were playing where they were sending a forward up towards the uh opposing team's blue line and then they do that long stretch pass and the guy would basically take the puck step right over like he was it was always maybe on the cusp of being offside so he had to straddle mm-hmm. the line but it really really worked well for them they um yeah. you know it was it, it was uh it was a good game you hate to lose but on uh, on the whole right playing hockey we it in was that uh, sort of environment. It's just you can't yeah. really complain too much. No, for sure. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good uh, cap to the season. We've only got a couple seconds left here, so I'll just I'll, I'll say it quick. So one of the sort of talking points that uh, some teammates uh, and I have had is that we were talking about you know like how it'll be interesting next season because the garage league is a draft a redraft league right so there's yep. going to be teams next season everybody's getting redrafted but like how quickly our team bonded and i am sure it was the same with you guys and the all yep. the rest of the teams but like we just like bonded so quickly as a team mm-hmm. and it'll be a weird kind of thing next year to see to, guys to be on the same team as some of them be mixed up and be playing mm-hmm. against them yep um and that'll be interesting to see how it goes but because the sentiment is like oh i wish we could keep this team together but mm-hmm. i think then once the redraft happens and then that new team comes together again next year it's yep. gonna be the well same, it's, so. it's 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 good it's good to play with the same guys but then i think also within the spirit of the league you're trying to mix it up a little bit there's talk of potentially a couple more teams being added into the mix, right? Which would so maybe an things, expansion draft, or something. which would make things, which would make things interesting. And yeah. you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's just uh, it's a good, 
it's a good place to skate. Uh, and, uh, we've got a little bit of a spring leak cooking, so we'll, yeah. we'll be able to talk, uh, garage, garage, that, garage yeah. league spring. Uh, but go. yeah, no, it, it was good. It was a great experience and, uh, yeah, uh, sad that it's over, but looking forward to, uh, yeah. to next fall already. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, the way she goes. And That's... the way she goes right now is that we're, uh, running out of time. So we're going to throw to our, our last song. This is a band called Lucero, um, or Lu- Lucero. I don't know how you say it. I'm not a pronunciation. I think, I think uh, Luce- Lucero or Lucero, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever so... you want to do. They're an American band who's been around for a long time. They just put out a new album, and this is kind of a a fun song to go out on. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's called "One Last Fu." You can and, figure uh, out what the fu. Yes, well, for. you'll yeah. hear. Uh, viewer discretion is advised for the song. Please, uh, parents, uh, cover your children's ears. There's a couple of swears in this one, but it's a great tune. So. Uh, Here we go. Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Keep your stick on the ice, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 